King. Reed Anderson, is that your last name? Great. And then Oren Evans. And you guys are the Bad Plus. And you two have been the Bad Plus for a super long time. Yep. Like 30 years? Is that an exaggeration? Nope. <laughs> About 19 years. 19? Yep. I've, I've gravely overestimated. I'm sorry. And so Do you we guys... look like we've had a band for 30 years? I mean, we look that old to you. I was... Yeah. <laughs> That's dark, I man. Was... <laughs> I was feeling like uh, you guys knew each other as teenagers. We've known each other, but we didn't start the Bad Plus when we were 14. Yeah. Sure. Dave, yeah. Welcome, yeah. Dave. Hey, man. You could have started. I could be your dad. <laughs> so you guys were playing together as teenagers or just yeah. hanging? No, okay, we played cool. music together. We, Reed and I met when we were 15 years old. Yeah. And started playing in kind of garage band things. But we, we yeah, both yeah. had an interest almost right away in kind of progressive music, and we started to go into jazz at the same time in our mid-teens. Okay. And, and Being just, open to like the, yeah, the improvisation sure. of it and Just stuff. discovering yeah. the music and studying with people. Yeah, and, cool. And then we kind of kept in touch and kept playing out throughout our 20s. I lived in Los Angeles. We moved to New York after living in Philly. Mm-hmm. And we kind of kept playing in each other's things and each other's radars. And then Ethan, we met the original pianist of the Bad Press. Right, we right. met around that time. He was okay. very young. And so we started the group uh, when we were all in 19... Well, the first time we played together was 1990 in Reed's living room, but we didn't play as a band. We were right, just kids. Right. Just doing and it. And then yeah. in 2000, we started the group in earnest. Okay. So cool. throughout the 90s, we kind of released a bunch of indie records together and played as side people on yeah, other people's still records. still playing like other groups. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. And then we came together. We were like, wow, we had a nice chemistry. And we decided to kind of commit to that chemistry. Yeah. And so from there forth, it, it went. And then with Oren, it, the transition was just a very immediate chemistry-based transition because we've known Oren quite a long time. Reed and Oren go way back. Yeah. Do you I'll guys have played that, in but. projects together before that? Yeah, we met in the early 1991, I think, was when we yeah. met. And um, yeah, we played together quite a bit. You probably like played with Oren more than you played with Ethan back then. In the 90s? That's probably true. Yeah, because you live in Philly. Yep. And, yeah. and Ethan was in New York. So. Are you f- Philly-based? I'm Philly-based, originally from New Jersey. Okay. And uh, went to New York and then back to Philly. Cool. Been in Philly, back in Philly since 98. Oh, okay. Cool. So as far as this particular project goes, you guys probably had sort of a level of communication already happening prior to the Bad Plus, and then... Same thing with you guys as far as having played in projects together. So you guys put two records out this year? Is that right? Or am I miss... No. No, we have a new record that just came out. And we have a record that came out a year and a, oh, almost okay. a year and a half ago. Okay, but, cool. But it only recently started streaming, the one from a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. So maybe so that's that might why have been why yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's cool. I mean, that's a lot of material. Are you are you all writing on the on these Bad Plus records? Yeah. Yeah? yeah? Cool. Are you working together? Like, if you're writing, do you write on piano as far as composition? Yeah, we I, we all write at the piano. Okay, we all write separately from the band. We don't collaborate in the writing process. Yeah. really. Um, the songs come to the band pretty fully formed. Yeah, but everybody does write, and, and I think that's one of our strengths is that we have three composers in the band. We have these really yeah different perspectives. Do the pieces that you're bringing to the band? Do you sort of have an expectation as to what life they'll take once these two get a hold of it? Or is it part of like the enjoyment of working with them that you're... I think it's a combination of both of those things. You you know what you want. Yeah. But you also know there's two other people. And, and when you get there, they may bring a little bit of them. But 
the overall composition is there and you know what you want. Sure, and yeah. And it's yeah. exciting to find out, oh, this is what it sounds like when it gets in Reed's hands or yeah, Dave's yeah. hands or Orange's hands, but the composition is done. So it's a combination of, that's just respect. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's almost like putting the music out into the world. It's like people can take it for what it is, but you sort of allow these other people to take it for what they want it to be or what they hear it as. Do you struggle with that idea of giving over your artwork to another person or do you guys have a strong enough bond that there's sort of enough trust in there? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole concept of having a collective is that the reason why we're playing together is because we like the way each other approaches each instrument. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I can say that I welcome people becoming actively a part of the arrangement of a piece that I've written. Or sometimes there's very detailed nuances that need to be adhered to, but a lot of the time we, we try to make each piece our own it doesn't get too micromanaged sure but there are very real details that go into the composer's right of way sure so i mean we try to honor that and that's the whole reason to play together at the end of the day is we've never been interested in this sort of individual virtuosic statements in jazz sure we're, we're much more interested in group music and those are the groups we always you know we f we fell in love with the music based on those relationships, the John Coltrane quartet. Sure, the, yeah, yeah. You know, Keith Jarrett's bands, things like that, where they're not subable positions. And we went further to have it a band name and have multiple composers. And yeah. It's actually very rare in jazz to do this. Yeah, I was, I was interested in sort of engaging with the jazz world as it is right now, as opposed to maybe when you started and got into that world. Did you all go to school for music, or was it something that just came out of your everyday life like was it um read what was your like source of musical education and how you came to music um well i think most jazz musicians on some level are self-taught right in the sense that yeah, yeah. they've self-taught that means like you checked out the records and you you sort of figured out okay how how does this work and you you were curious about it yeah you know? i do have a musical education but i you know i studied classical music sure I don't have really a, a jazz education right. for whatever that's worth. you know. Yeah. I think everything that you, as maybe basic as it sounds, like everything you learn is self-taught because you're engaging with the subject. You know, like um, I dropped out of college, not just because of this, but like someone said, uh, if you want to get laid, go to college. If you want to learn, go to the library. And like, <laughs> that was a Frank Zappa quote. And I think... That idea of having a curiosity and a passion like leading into an area of study is, is really important. And when you say self-taught, that's sort of what resonates with me is that concept. Yeah, I mean, you're just, I guess maybe another way to put it is self-motivated. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we sought the music out. You know, growing up, um, just I can speak for Dave and I as, yeah. because we knew each other as teenagers, yep. that the music wasn't there presenting itself to us. We had to go and find it. Sure. But we were motivated to do so, and we were fortunate enough also to live in an area where where there was some great music coming through, like the Twin Cities area. There was oh, okay, a lot of, yeah. A lot of great... Well, there's, it's a very culturally vital place to begin with. Yeah. But it's a place that great musicians would play, and we were there to see a lot of that. Yeah, that was yeah. Formatively crucial as well yeah like being able to absorb just by experience or maybe not absorb like technique and all those like detailed elements but being able to observe something it's like um representation on tv it's like being able to see someone like yourself doing a thing 
in a medium is so important to that understanding that you could do that thing. Yeah, just uh, seeing someone in a live situation, even at a jazz club sitting 10 feet away, is, yeah. that's a powerful lesson of its own, you know, to see yeah. some really great musician perform like that. Yeah. Other than being performers, do you engage with like a younger, a, a younger generation of musicians? Do you do any teaching or like speaking or workshoppy kind of stuff? Is that part of your musical world? Uh, myself, nothing consistently. Yeah. Uh, but at different times, we'll do workshops when we're on the road. And also, just honestly, the time we spend engaging with fans. Yeah. And young students who come out and really make those connections. And that's very important also, you know, yeah. just being able to go out and then meet yeah, and having, shake the hands of those people. Having access to like. someone like you guys as a young musician is so like, it's an important thing for someone to see that you're like also a human. I remember early on as a younger musician realizing that these are just like other humans up on stage that are capable of doing the things that they're doing, you know, being able to observe that was really important. So the, the new record that did come out, Activate Infinity, is that the name of it? Where do you record? Are you guys spread out right now as far as where you live? Uh, we, we recorded the last several records in a studio in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, you know, I guess you could say we're, we've always sort of been New York-based, even though I live in Minneapolis and Warren lives in Philly, but we've sort of formed the band around New York. Sure. Ethan lived there, Reed lived there. I was there all the time, so it's easier to say that. But we've recorded all over the place, all over the world, but the last several have been done at a studio in Brooklyn including Activate Infinity. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're never tied to one situation. Sure, but it's sure. nice when you get in a groove in a certain room. We sometimes stay in that room for a few albums. We're probably cool. going to move on after that. Yeah, yeah. It must be comfortable to go back to New York City and be able to be there as a group and hang out and just even like getting meals or, you know, taking yeah, time and just, walking around getting yeah. fresh air sort and, of thing. You know, it's a scene we've been a part of and are a part of and having a place to rehearse and we rehearse a bit on the road as well. I yeah. mean, that's just the way that it is when you don't all live in the same city. Yeah, totally. So it's just, it all works out. Cool. Anything in particular that you guys are listening to or that's exciting to you right now? Like whether it's music, but it could be like podcasts, TV shows or whatever, just so like a sense of what you're up to on your day to day. Yeah. Like you, what, you guys traveling in the same car? Yeah. <laughs> we is, are. Is there a battle over like what to listen Never to? Never a battle. The driver gets the right of way on the oh, really? stereo. That's like the, that's the standing uh, That's role. how I feel. <laughs> Sometimes, well, and, and I'll, and I'll take my it? headphones off and listen to what he's listening to. Yep. And then sometimes I put my headphones on sure. just because I have something I have to listen to. Oh, it's usually right, right. it's learning something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, for me, it's always like, oh, I got to check in on something. Yeah, totally. Do. Today I was listening to a Steve Coleman Live at the Village Vanguard record that was quite good. Sweet. Yep. It looked like you? it was released last year. It's a oh, good nice. record. How about you, Reed? Um, I've been getting into some, listening to just some audio books about Quantum physics. Oh, nice. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I. Reed's going to crack the simulation, is what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's approaching. He's on it. Figuring out the algorithms. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Totally. Do you engage with like mathematics in your normal life, or is it just something that interests you to like uh, have someone talk to you about? No, I just think it's interesting, like just, just how bizarre the quantum world is and the whole the le legitimacy of like these multi-universe theories yeah and, yeah know, how, i just think it's it's fascinating that's awesome how about, how about you or anything in particular i mean honestly i like to drive mm -hmm. and but when i do a good portion of it is either silence or 
something in the background and I'm thinking sure, sure, sure. more just because I'm playing, you know, when I'm, yeah, when yeah. I'm not driving, yep. <laughs> especially when I'm on tour. So I'll, I'll actually just deal with silence sometimes. Yeah, or, give it an opportunity you know, to like... Exactly. Have some emptiness there, yeah. Or like Dave said, I'll I'll be checking out something I I need to learn or sure. something I'm working on. But even uh, when I'm driving, it's not it's never really on to listen. It frustrates my wife because sure. she's like, "It's too quiet in the car." <laughs> yeah. Like, well, Orrin puts a lot of music on that he's on, and I <laughs> and I always feel and I always feel instantly competitive. Sure. So I'll put my headphones on usually be like oh really okay <laughs> i think he's vibing us <laughs> and like so a, the whole time i'm like well here time. goes another orrin evans record <laughs> See, get the headphones on because that is so not true I i'm saying day. and then what he does is fast forwards through the horn solos sure, sure, sure. just to get to the piano solos. He's, it's incredible he's pre-edited the horn there, solos up <laughs> I'm just kidding, yeah, but yeah. I do think the right of way with the driver is the way to go. I think that's oh, a cool I totally rule. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way to do it. Sure, yeah. driver should be able to do anything he wants. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, okay. Cool. I think that's good. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay.